The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. That real shit, y'all. Can't stop People of the podcast, today's episode is brought to you by none other than Mountain Lion Delivery. Yo, did you drive down to the dispensary and they had the doors shut and the gates closed and they told you go away until this whole thing is over? Same shit happened to me. But you know what? Luckily for me, I knew to hit up mountainliondelivery.com. And before I knew it, they were at my door with a bag full of all the goodies I needed got pre-rolls, I got a little jar jar of some tree, got some dabs on the dablicator, loving that. So anyways, go to mountainliondelivery.com if you're a Northern California Bay Area person. They got all your delivery needs covered. And guess what? You use the code STUDY at checkout, they're going to take 15% off the top. Right there, saving money on your weed supply. So go to mountainliondelivery.com, use the code word STUDY at checkout, you're going to save some money. You're going to get your needs met. All right, let's get on to it. The whole crew is there. We're talking, we're talking about 3,000 people, yo, because it was the first time Mob Deep was allowed back into the West Coast. You're listening to the Study Music Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. This week, Elit and myself, Citizen, we sit down with Off Balance, a California producer known for his work with Digital Martyrs, Skynet, collaborations with the Understudies, Beat Rock Music, and 
service others. You know the last time I seen you was at the milk. Oh, I remember that show. Was that with Verbs? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, interesting. Interesting gig there. Um, I enjoyed. It was. It was one of those uh, hip hop kind of fest lineups, if I recall. It, it was. We actually had funk after that with some with the open <laughs> We actually uh, one of the openers, but. Uh, Ended up being angry at us. Really? For a post and something that was made, said publicly. Huh. And I don't know. You know my brother. You see my brother. Mm-hmm. He's fucking. So that just, yeah, it's just he's the one who's always into, <laughs> instigating the shit. Right. And uh, basically, one of the opening acts were rhyming on our own vocals. Uh, <laughs> oh. Was, and, well, this, uh, and nobody said anything. It was just terrible. It was a terrible fucking act. Even the singer in one of the hooks. Was rhyming on her own singing, <laughs> and it was just uh, we. I said something on. I put on something on Instagram, whatever, mm-hmm. and then, but that was after the fact. But before did the you fact, did you name drop the individual, or it was just kind of no, like no, a, no, no, no name dropping. I said what I said. I had said something I, snarky about I uh, do that regularly, <laughs> maybe not like recently, but yeah, that's been one of our things. Whenever we were going around with understudies and candles, but whenever people would be rapping over their vocals, it's just like yeah, sigh. So I'm paraphrasing through that night. This guy gets on the mic. He goes, um, "Y'all ready for some real hip hop?" Said, and he was going into, "Does anybody know the definition of hip hop?" And he was asking the crowd, I said, hip-hop, number one, is not rhyming over your own vocals. You, <laughs> 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 like, started the set off that way, huh? It was just... <laughs> Didn't even think we, about it. Everybody that. fucking busted up fucking laughing. It was, <laughs> it was just terrible. Yeah, when you have, like, that many people, what is this, like, 20 people on that bill or something? There's yeah, bound yeah. to be, like, at least three people who rhyme over their own vocals. And they made one-third of the crowd, which is fucking crazy <laughs> yeah, as shit. Right. <laughs> Their, you know their supporters came with. Came do you with. know who bothered me that evening? Not to talk too much trash, but the hostess who was like introducing people. Oh gosh, like, she was terrible. Hostess. She was terrible, and then like it got to I forget it was like one forty in the morning or something. Uh-huh. And verbs hadn't gone on yet. I'm like, oh, finally verbs, because I actually went to see Fucking verbs. Fucking like, in the morning, and dude. she this chick busted out a set. She wasn't on the bill, but she decided to do a set of her own R&B music. Oh, that God. That was like, awful. You mentioned that <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? Like, what is this shit? I'm like, we, like, I think Verbs had time to do like two songs and they shut the shit down. Bro, you know? like, I don't know. I don't even recall. Yeah. So who, all, like, who all was on the bill? Or are we trying to uh, there's a lot. There was a lot of off. people. There was you won't, uh, you won't be able to even a B-Rock artist named Juan. That was on the bill. He's fucking sick. Wait, he was Juan. on the bill? I forgot about that. Yeah, Juan That's was on the I bill. I actually like that dude. Yeah. That dude uh, can destroy everybody on B-Run. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that fucking right <laughs> yeah. now. He's 27, 28 years old. Um, some st- That's a lot. Those other people who was rubbing on the vocals, and this dude named Ryan Easy. I've heard of that. I'm not familiar, but I I work with him. Yeah, and then verbs, and then and everything in between was just extra. There were tons of other acts. (laughs) It was kind of sad that I went with. um, I took Foss to see Verbs the last time he was. He just came back out here. He's dope, Uh, but it was really underattended. It was like me and Foss and what one word was there. One word. Yeah, nobody. Joe Masspad. He was there. 
Joe Mouse I do like Joe Mousepad. Yeah, he's cool. He's been killing right. it lately. Uh-huh. Do you think that Verbs has more than one red beanie? <laughs> or Yo, is it just that he one? probably does have a claw, at least like, like a drawer uh, full of beanies. It's like Sunspot say, used to have the red tank back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's just oh, how you get recognized spot. around town. Definitely. Oh, Verbs is a red beanie guy. Yes. <laughs> hey, weren't you on stage the yeah. other night at. He better have a, like, a fucking gang load of that shit. <laughs> if it was the same fucking one. He just has like a beanie sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> wears a new beanie every right. day. Like Dr. Dre with Air Force Ones, yeah, just a fresh beanie every day. I would hate to think it was this, it's the first beanie. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about for like yeah. all these years. I'm just thinking back about like beanies yeah, that yeah. I've worn on tours. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, totally. Okay, that like that beanie was like needed to be retired after like maybe like a month or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I avoid I avoid hats like the plague, man. Like I'm I'm never a hat person. Yeah, if I'm busting out a hat. It's for, so like, he's wearing a, a doom tree hat one time. Yeah, well, it was. <laughs> Wait, do you tree hat? Wait, I thought the no, no, old, no, Dominion, old hat. Dominion hat. Old Dominion yeah, because um, if it's like a costume, like I'll bust out these hats. Yeah. And actually, JFK gave me that cat hat from Old Dominion. And I'm yeah. like, do you wear hats? He's like, oh, like wants to. I'm like, no. It's like, no, take this hat. Like, it's good memento of the show. I'm like, all right. Rose <laughs> has a lot cool. of sex, yo. She, um, there's I, so many freaking groups. Every city that he goes to, there's just so many girls. Does he have as much sex as satire? Because no. that dude is like... No, he, that dude's like Will. I was like, well, like, yeah. yeah. Like, like this that? dude is like... Right, I've listened to Satire's last album. It's like 90% songs about having sex with like mad people. And you see him at the show and he's like half naked, like surrounded by chicks. Molly, bro. He's like, seriously. No, so she has to begin the show. Like, All right, now, before we get started here, yeah, yeah, yeah. come to the front. Get your party this, this is the Bill Cosby portion of my set. <laughs> oh, what do you think about that as a gimmick, as part of your set? I remember... Fucking Molly? Well, handing out some sort of intoxicant. I remember for a while... Um, Dope City Saints, their one yeah, yeah. of their things was they would do like one song, and then they would bring out like two big bottles of like, you know, like alcohol or whatever, right, right. and like little Dixie cups. All right, everybody come to the front, free shots, free shots. Oh, and like wow. I saw them do it in clubs, they right. had bars and stuff. Some do it at like you know like warehouse parties, all just all sort of stuff, and just everybody in the party, boom. Right to the front of the stage. <laughs> That's dope. But Z, you know, like, Z-Man's been doing that for a while though. He always he? breaks out the rosé. Like he has like the rosé in the right. front, and he's like, it's like really cheap, like wine, but it's almost that. like a part of the group city thing where you like pick up the super cheap ass wine and you're like pouring I've it for everyone. Kirby like, Dominant have a bottle of champagne. <laughs> yeah, well, Kirby always has like champagne. A you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like some, like, What's the one right? up on the, after that? <laughs> what, like blowing cocaine? Champagne. Yeah, yeah. We've prearranged the stage. 20 foot line cocaine on the front. Hey, you know, Drugs Bunny does that. Hood Slam works all right. Everyone's like, oh, not real cocaine. That's yeah. But, yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, like, you know, joints. Yeah. It's Chamomile tea. Joints. <laughs> <laughs> it's not herbs. We need everybody so, to chill out a little bit yeah, yeah, before yeah. we get started. Here. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, well, wasn't, you know, Cool Keith, well, I've heard that Cool Keith tosses out baggies of fried chicken and porn VHS. Really? Shows. Yeah, he, like, packs up his, he just, like, tosses them to people. That's which crazy. Which is great, you know? Like, <laughs> one of the awesome. most, like, interesting 
podcast I've ever listened to is Cool Keith as the guest on Ice T's podcast. No shit, <laughs> so good. I gotta watch that. Unbelievable. Yeah, that just like Cool Keith's whole like come up story and like mm-hmm. just his whole all his like anecdotes. Yeah. Are. I don't know. He's just a really interesting character. It's uh, it's kind of amazing that Cool Keith can still stay so prolific and like, even I think feel like he's becoming more relevant suddenly again. Like, I feel like Cool Keith bats like one for five. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. like he just yeah, puts out like, so much shit, but every once in a while something stuff, hits. Yeah, sometimes you know? it's like a good one. Like, oh. I've just been listening oh, to Cool Keith since Company Flow. <laughs> yeah, in Company Flow days. Ninety. Four, 95, 96. It's actually right around when I super started getting into this stuff was when Rockus started up. Yeah. That's when I was like really collecting it, like started collecting it hardcore, I remember. I mean, I'd listened to it before, but what's that one song on Rock, the, the Rockus Volume 2? Oh, uh, Sound Bombing 2? Sound Bombing 2. America. When he was, yeah, it's, it's called America. Keith was on that? No, no, no. Um, oh yeah, oh, the Company, Company Flow, Flow yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you which one is dope by Company Flow is uh, Crazy Kings too. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> maybe one of my favorite like yeah, yeah, top hip hop songs song. ever. I had that. And Man, I can geek out again. Image. You guys yeah. make me geek out again oh, on hip hop. I'm just like I don't have this shit <laughs> yeah. in the real world, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> game you're like, Man, like, when's the last time I ever spoke talk shot about hip hop, yo? It's funny though, it's because these records, it's like, you might not have even listened to them for like years. 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 Like, I'm thinking about the last time that I listened to my that Crazy Kings 2 vinyl, yeah, actually, and I'm like, you know, I, yeah. to in a while. I haven't listened to it's it probably in like over a year, maybe two. Bro, but, it, yo, yeah. I'm just thinking about like how floored I was last time I even listened to that <laughs> shit, which wasn't, it was far from the first time I listened to it too, you know? Like, every time you pull some certain shit out, right. you're just like, damn. Do you find, you guys find really, the Unbelievable, basically. I always find it strange. You find it strange though that um, that you know, kids who are into like Run the Jewels now, who's like a lot of people, you know, like Run the yeah. Jewels yeah, is yeah. huge these yeah. days. Um, they don't know who El Producto or who Company Flow Fuck is. No, they don't. No, they, they super don't. It's, it's like it kind of blew my mind the first time. No, like, bro. Some LP and they're like, hmm? everybody who. Like, what's that? I think forty five percent of Run the Jewels fans were born after nineteen ninety three. Oh yes, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. I would say half of them. are born after like 2000 <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally oh, man. yeah they will they don't know that the whole death jokes they don't know that they well, people probably don't even know that it's killer yeah. mike and lp they were like, oh mm-hmm. Jules, yeah that's the family they're the guys that did the cat album right no. the meow the remix yeah. that's did you see that there was some interview the with L, no there was some interview with lp recently about meow the jewels yeah. and he's super dissing the project he's like no like it's like I wish I didn't have to make this album, but you know they fundraised for it, so we made it. Yeah, it sounds all right. Like it sounds. Well, he good. didn't do all the work, though. I think <laughs> was what the thing was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Blaze did all yeah. the work. Did you do all of it? He did a lot of it. The first single oh, okay. is Just Blaze. Yeah, I saw the video. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Cats, oh, okay. Cats are causing destruction in the city. <laughs> Giant cats you can watch that. City. <laughs> he's gonna make a lot of money off of it. I don't care why. I don't yeah. care. Oh, saying. definitely. But I mean, though, whatever charity it was got the money. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mass Appeal, I'm sure, is going to make money. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they already got 
Why is he complaining? He already recorded the record. Yeah, I know. No, it's, it's just like... <laughs> I think he only because remixed he's such like a, one, right? You know, I mean, LP is like an artist to the core, man. Like, yeah. If you look at like all of his albums over the years, he's like ditched so many projects. He's just like, fuck this, you know? Like, I want to like make this. Like, this is my vision for an album, you know? It's I feel like he's still doing the that. Jewels, I mean, he's still doing that with Run the Jewels, but yeah, with Meow the Jewels, it's like they let fundraised it, a certain amount. Let it and go. They got it, so... He's just gotta like make it, you know. Like, <laughs> for, I feel like Run the Jewels is like it's really good, but it's kind of formulaic. Mm-hmm. After you're able to get yes. more than one album, yeah. Now, once you're able to yeah. hear the second album and yeah. stuff, and then yeah. like see their like second kind of like, pro, you know, like promo materials and stuff, mm-hmm. and their videos and interviews and stuff, it's just like, I, it's a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not awesome, yeah. but like LP's solo stuff is yeah. like so far removed. Right. Like, Run the Jewels is like easy to get. Yeah. And yes. it's like fun it's like, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And, like right. a lot of LP yeah. solo stuff is like Cancer for Cure. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. It's like really yeah. heavy There's and big and LP deep. And, like, so uh when everybody asks me who's my favorite rapper, it's LP. Really? And they ask me who's your favorite producer as it's LP. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn, that's funny. I was actually <laughs> You know what though? I was, no. I was going back over a lot of your shit before this and um I was gonna say is just Blaze one of your? He's like favorites. second or third. So it's actually so I can hear a lot of like just Blaze in your like wherewithal as a producer. I uh, I like just Blaze and the Ninth Wonder at the same. That like they're, they're like they had to be like number two and three. Like I feel like your production style has like a lot of like technical similarities to just Blaze. Interesting. I can hear the like soul kind of thing. Yeah. With Ninth Wonder, but yeah. like. And then, technically, like, well, just plays. He'll take the record, anything that's like the breakdown of the last bar or the beginning of the first, and he will sample and chop that, and that's and it's the energy that that sample brings. He that's that's the whole. That's what the just plays album uh, record is to me. It's like, bah! it's gonna be epic. It's gonna be big band. It's gonna be fucking. Uh, it's gonna be fucking epic. Then he puts that fucking sub in there. It's, it's over. <laughs> did you watch the um, Rule of Russian Roulette? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, totally that's pretty that. tight. Yeah. Do you see though that he's he's using Ableton? Yeah, it's crazy. What are you, what are you using? I'm, I'm still using Cubase. Oh really? I'm still using Cubase and. Do you uh, use like external? Yeah, so I got the M- the the old MPD twenty six. Okay. I had the two thousand XL, so my workflow is MIDI keyboard MPD for programming. And Cubase for looping, blah, 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 blah. And then the vinyl for the... So you had the 2000XL, what made you... I moved. So during my move, it actually got damaged. So what material? (laughs) (laughs) What material? Got the blues was on NPC, 2000XL. Um, Remember Me was on the 2000XL. Uh, so like the earlier martyr stuff and yes that you yeah that's around that so forth. maybe prior to bamboo's paper cuts no everything from bamboo's paper cuts before was the 2000 excel i reintroduced it back in 2012 and after that it was like okay maybe it was like 30 days out of the month i had beats on 2000 excel but after that it was just all midi and doll and all that mm-hmm. how okay. do you feel about that 
there's infinite ways to feel about all the different <laughs> yeah. production yeah. methods and them. different pieces of gear. Mm-hmm. And I put I, I put my first dubstep joint on an MPC 2000 XL. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. You don't see a lot of like. Okay, I've seen like people that producers that do like a lot of different kind of sounds mm-hmm. um, that like maybe started doing hip hop and moved into more electronic sounding stuff I see like they'll like, have an MPC but won't really necessarily like use it super heavy for no. like the more like current kind of sounds right because you're basically composing after that if you're not sampling and chopping your MPC will, will uh, collect dust yeah mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of these synthy new agey trappy is always like relegated to four notes on the keyboard and then put (laughs) and then put the 808 and that's it (laughs) so the NPC what do you want you don't need the NPC you just go get your mommy's Casio and then use it as a big controller (laughs) 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 alright so we were kind of just jumping backwards into things that you had produced Mm. at different times with different Machinery. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't we jump back to the beginning? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> I'm sure there's plenty before uh, you and I met, or you mm-hmm. know, our crews kind of happened upon each other. Um, so maybe we started knowing each other about like 2009. Nine. Yeah, 2009. Um, and. We kind of came together through, I guess, saying Jay was doing some stuff with you, and he mm-hmm. mentioned, he just mentioned you as a guy from Digital Martyrs, mm-hmm. who he was doing some stuff with, told me to check it out, mm-hmm. and um, I think that led to us doing some shows together, mm-hmm. but so what was going on before then? When did you guys form Digital Martyrs? Um, what did it start as? <laughs> I know it's grown to include more more people since sure. then. It's sort of like had a lot of fluctuations between. There's, yeah. Um, I think my production came after Scotty started rapping. Scotty, he's been rapping since high school, and he's his more focus was. Uh, rapping over Pete Rock's instrumentals. So he was just doing his archetype thing, or yeah, he was, was just using doing, the Digital Mars yeah, name? He was, no, Digital Mars wasn't even thought of until like late, late, late. Um, he was tr- we were doing records, whatever. I would take import the MP3, whatever, and then he would just rap over it. And I'm thinking to myself, one day I'm going to make a fucking beat on this thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, he was just... I think he was doing that for three years, and I started getting really, really production frustrated. Um, so you guys are kind of just doing like mixtape yeah. kind of joints or whatever. Exactly. So we would put these, these. And are you releasing them on the internet or giving CDs out? In the We're giving the CDs out. Or? We we gave we press them up. We give the CDs out. We had gone through many many sharpie markers and um, uneco friendly CDs. Yeah. And <laughs> we just passing them out. Um, we didn't really get serious until two thousand eight two thousand nine. Which is weird, because you would think that you come out of high school, uh, and you would just try to do it, but kids stop you. The birth of kids stop. They just they they uh, they, they throw the whole time loop open in a in a whirlwind. 
<laughs> so Sky had his first kid. Um, he went to the military. He came out of the military. He started rapping, whatever. Boom, boom. And then, let's just, just do a show. Um, I don't care what it is. We have these things. You got these things recorded, whatever. And I'm going to play the beat on my uh, on Cubase. And you just rap. And we'll just go back. And then we'll go back and forth. And I'll just change. And it was like, that's the first exchange. Uh, First exchange of DJ MC, maybe in 2000, the end of 2008. So are you yeah. even off balance yet at this point? Fuck no. He's not even archetype yet. He's not even, he's, yeah, we're not even, it's Darnell, it was Darnell and Scotty, that basically. Do you remember what the first show you rocked? Yes. Was? Hmm. It was at a cafe in Sacramento. Hmm. And after that, we were asked to come back every week and actually man this open mic oh damn and a little <laughs> funny thing about that is that our fa- our first ever fan base were white lesbians <laughs> <laughs> whoever likes it though right so we got this we got uh, there's this there's this cafe called Butchinelli's was down the street whatever we played there we go back and forth Butchinelli's was owned by a one well, uh, a very very nice um, entrepreneur by the name of Anne and she liked our music because it was very pro people very revolutionary and they associated that with I guess the movement mm-hmm. yeah and um, uh, they start I mean the the first group of people that came to the are really the first really big show were white lesbians <laughs> Awesome. Lesbians, high school teachers, and activists from Sacramento College and stuff like that. That was our first big show. Isn't it interesting how sometimes opportunities come, like when you're first on the come up in the hustle, like yeah. opportunities just come out of like the strangest, you know, bro. corner that you wouldn't <laughs> expect. Everything that Sky was saying was pro brown, pro march, pro fight the power. It was just. Everything was just very, very in-your-face political. And and I was dabbling with soul and jazz back then. And it was very easy to listen to. So you could, you could damn near just... Sky could have said anything. And it would have been all right. Yeah, so... Um, so what happens from there? You guys kind of... Ah, oh, so people are kind of taking to this. <laughs> Maybe I mean, we, no, we, we actually, need a name or... We actually uh, came up with Digital Mars because... Uh, it was a group from Brazil that were their Brazilian name was Digital Martyrs, and then their, I forgot the fuck that name it was whatever. Anyway, so okay, we're Digital Martyrs now. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, the U.S. Digital Martyrs. Yeah, so um, we couldn't gauge our come up because of the that that fan base. Uh-huh. We don't. There's no hip hop heads in this crowd. There's no fucking heads. Who? What? Why do uh, I don't get this? <laughs> we uh, we performed at the Washington Center in Sacramento. We opened for KRS One. Fucking people killed it. Everybody killed it. it was fucking one hundred and fifteen degrees that day. Um, and now was that still as the early early incarnation of Digital Martyrs? That or? was early early incarnation. Yes, this is almost so. Seven. It's you playing beats and Scotty right rapping. 
And then it converted to Lynn, our DJ, uppercuts. to yeah, uppercuts to, to start DJing for us. Task one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, then, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I just I was pumping beats out, push, 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 push. They were doing shows. We we get to the Curious One show, and boom, we're in the Sacramento scene. Like everybody, we got. We got booked to play at the Capitol Garage. We got booked to play at Soul Collective. Harlow's. Is the Capitol Garage still open? Yeah, but not, they're not making music. They're not playing music. The whole uh, Skynet thing evolved from that? Or? So, yeah, or that was the next. Okay, <laughs> so because we were getting affiliated with a lot of Sacramento artists and then we, we actually obtained their, band, uh, their fans, it was easy to gauge. Now, okay, we're making hip hop. We're come, actually coming up. Task and. One of the live mannequins back then was uh, Mr. Mr. Lingo, uh-huh. Filipino cat. Said, oh, let's fucking do a set together. All right, let's do a set together. So it was Scotty, Mr. Lingo, and Task. And they wrote this song, and it was fucking amazing. Because it could, uh, the, the, the fans of, the old school Sacramento fans for live mannequins came along. Task one was a newbie. He actually, you know, obviously he's got a good rapport with people on stage. He's very, he's a great performer. And, and it was very pro-people at the same fucking time because Digital Mars was there and they were rapping over Digital Mars beats. And I was like, okay, let's do something about that. Mad Flows came into the, uh, to, the, uh, to the fold. Mr. Lingo left Skynet. Mikhail came into Skynet. How did Mad Flows get... LinkedIn and just kind of socially or socially yeah because uh, I think Robots was one of the first songs that Task and Madflows did those two were messing with uh, together and a lot of stuff right yeah they beforehand were, like, yeah the oh, they were working together before beforehand they had okay. two or three tracks beforehand and then mm-hmm. our first Skynet track was uh, was shortly after that I think um that was the that was the pinnacle. What about Mikhail? How does yeah. he? Just Justin, Mr. Lingo didn't want was getting slack from live mannequins. At the at that point, why are you fucking with these people? <laughs> and I think it was out of uh, some sort of weird jealousy thing. Hmm. And I said, dude, I can be in both crews. I said, and they always, you know, and we've always supported them. Uh-huh. We've always thought them mm-hmm. that this. This is your turf. This is your fucking. This is. We'll support you 100%. Um, anyway, he fucking left. He had a baby. Before he left, Mikhail. I mean, uh, um, Lingo says, I suggest one person to get in the Skynet, and it was Mikhail. Oh. And it was me and my, Mikhail already um, were doing something. Even me, Mikhail, and Hussein at the time were doing something, hmm. which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it probably was. I've never heard anything less than crazy yeah. out of out of scenes. We had microphone. Five or six epic shows was kind of. We had maybe twenty or thirty shows in between. I loved rocking with them. They're amazing. They're wonderful. Okay, one of the things about uh, so once you guys made the transition into Skynet. Uh-huh. Um. It just the whole energy of you guys live, yeah, performance mm-hmm. 
combined with the freestyle aspect that everybody had going on Mm -hmm. um was was just crazy to us so we would be doing like these like understudies (laughs) and skynet shows and like yo understudies those dudes and myself included notorious for not really watching everybody's you know what i mean we'd be outside everybody does outside it. talking everybody and does something it. And hollering at some girl at the bar or whatever everybody does it the one group that has the whole understudies all standing there with jaws on the ground was <laughs> skynet damn <laughs> these guys are killing it like these guys are killing it and like it just inspired us kind of you know what i mean to step our shit that's, up that's, just from the beats to the energy to the whole freestyling thing mm-hmm. I'm not trying to toot our horn but I think that group Skynet I'm going to separate myself from them it's, uh, did the same exact thing for a lot of Sacramento artists we got attention from their local newspaper we performed on TV at KCRA Channel 3 or whatever we were about to do the state fair uh, I think that inspired a lot of people. And then Task and Scotty, them two big-headed motherfuckers. All right, so what <laughs> what happens? <laughs> so Skynet is gaining a ton of traction. Uh-huh. Um, you know, people are impressed. Other artists are about yeah. it. What, what, so what happened? Well, be, there's, a lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of story in between that. And I, uh, I, to just go back to that briefly... The biggest show that we've ever done was Mob D- uh, was open up for Mob Deep. And that was in Oakland, yeah? No, Mezzanine, San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Yes. We fucking killed that motherfucker. <laughs> Destroyed it. <laughs> so the whole crew was there? The whole crew was there. We're talking, we're talking about 3,000 people, yo. Because it was the first time Mob Deep was allowed back into the West Coast. Um, and it was their first show, and it was in San Francisco. And this we, was right after uh, this is, he got out of prison and stuff, and they... Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we rehearsed. They were very, very serious. We killed that fucking show. We fucking killed it. I saw everybody fucking shaking when they're walking on stage. Their fucking hands were like this. That <laughs> 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 was some funny shit. Oh, yeah. It was some funny shit. And I was looking at uppercuts and saying, "Man, this is the shit right here, right?" Because <laughs> you know, you're not fucking. I don't know how asinine it is to fucking go in front of people. It's for me. I couldn't speak. I don't do public speaking. So mm-hmm. I I admire MC's uh, tenacity to go on stage and do what they fucking do. Yeah. It's just That's I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. I mean, but I see all of them motherfuckers just task, mad flows, Mikhail and Sky. They were just trembling cats. He's <laughs> 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 just trembling cats. <laughs> to keep it real though, <laughs> when the shows get big, yeah, uh, it's a certain yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was... I said up to like up to like maybe like five hundred. Uh-huh. I'm comfortable as long as my my homies are there on the stage. And yeah, yeah, totally cool. It's like I'm just doing what I do yeah. and happen to be up here on this area where other right. people are watching. But like, man, when Poe and I did like the first couple of Deltron shows, yeah, ooh, man, <laughs> you know, for real, the right? Kind of like you know, I like the shit. Oh God, I'm gonna it's fuck sobering. this up. Oh, man. <laughs> it's sobering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just... Uh, I'm not in the front, but I, I see the, their reaction. I have the opportunity on, on on a lot of occasions look at the crowd's reaction 
and look at the performance reaction. And it's a trip because I've never been in that situation. I mean, me being in the middle, whatever, not DJing and not performing, I can see that. Uh, and me t- trying to take pictures, whatever. It's a trip how the interaction between the crowd and performer uh, happens. It, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing. And then I can feel that the set's fucking failing way before they even they even know. Yeah. And I can and I can I can feel the set is gonna go great way before they even know. But an interesting thing to think about also is like the crowd does not have any of the preconception right. that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like And we I understood that wholeheartedly. They the, those four didn't understand that shit. It just kinda of like, okay, if people don't necessarily like super know everything a good way to coin you kind of like the the like rizza of the crew right <laughs> so you like you know every everybody yeah, yeah, the ins yeah, and outs yeah, of yeah, what yeah. everybody's doing in the right. project and the right. show and, right. and all that um so it's, it's like you you kind of have like the magnifying glass you're like oh shit it, yeah he messed up that line he did this. This guy's doing that. Oh, right. This guy has a tendency to do that. But the crowd might not necessarily. The mic's low. The mic's high. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The exactly. crowd doesn't have any like preconception as to what it's supposed to be. Right. Which is what I always kind of like. Yeah. Have trouble with. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, just sort of like accepting. Yeah, it's usually hard to really point out gaps if you're in the crowd, unless it's like somebody's completely bombing. You know, I mean, like if you're like messing up like, like a line blue, right? or two, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, to no, I mean to lots of shows where people bomb like completely, but you know it's pretty rare that it's like if, if you're just making like a couple of like hilarious here and there, it's like, yeah, or, like you know, people just that might... people are just happy to have a some people on stage performing, but for the most part, you know, it's like a big show like Mob Deep, they probably have to listen to like a playlist for fifty minutes and then watch some like then finally get an opening act and be like oh like some live music, you know. I made it a must to play to rap to them rap over two Mob Deep instrumentals. Were they hit <laughs> well, Mob Deep hits? Yes. <laughs> that's that's that a are, guess guess guess, guess the two. Yeah. Shook ones part two. Of course. Yeah. And and um, survival of the illest or something. No, uh, keep it thorough. Uh, ah. Huh. Huh. We killed it. Well, that's good. They killed it. You, you, it's a hit or miss when you do that thing. It's a hit or miss. Because yeah, I was uh, told a story one time about how uh, Domino was telling me some cats opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the supporting act for like Souls of Mischief show or something like that. <laughs> and um, they closed their supporting set rapping over 93 till infinity. Wow. <laughs> and like, it was like, it was like, a problem. <laughs> Real problem. Yeah. Wow. Yikes, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, it's dangerous ground to tread, you know? I, but if you pull it off right, I can see it going like... I yeah, I think they got smooth. pulled off. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, knew, I knew a dude who... Um, around the time that fucking... What's his name? Did the Nas joints? Um, what's his name? He did old to Nas... Oh, Elzar? Uh, yeah, yeah, Elzai. <laughs> Around that time, because uh, when we opened up for Elzai, we, there was this dude that we knew, kind of, sort of, that night, who was performing over Nas beats. <laughs> the whole fucking set. <laughs> really? 
Wow, that takes... I mean, you kind of got to admire the audacity of doing something like that, but it's a terrible a idea. 15 it's like... minutes of fucking playing the Nosebeats. <laughs> oh, man. That's... Oh, my God. Sorry. Nobody was feeling that shit. Yeah, yeah I bet. <laughs> All right, so you guys get to this level. Pinnacle. Mm-hmm. You're opening shows for big artists, basically. Yes. And catching a pretty good buzz, and... And so then, where does Skynet go from there? Uh, if you're familiar, there is no Skynet album. Yeah, you're right. Why was there one being worked on? Yes. And did it just get scrapped? Did the tracks become other tracks for different people's projects or what? All of the above. Mm-hmm. All of the above. And did it like, like what, what, uh, <laughs> what led to it not materializing? <laughs> Mikhail and Task. It was a personal thing, or they were doing separate things on their own, or... Tess said something on the conversation in the group, in the group conversation. I don't know if it was live or over the phone. <clears throat> but... Tess said something about Islam. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Had jokingly said that you and Mikhail kind of stick together because you got your Muslim thing, right? Quote, unquote. Paraphrasing, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Mikhail took it like, what the fuck did he say? Because it was what he's how he said it, and when he said it, it was like out of the blue, mm-hmm. like really weird. It's like weird. <laughs> Mikhail took a, took a he felt some type of way about it, and he, he got on the, the phone. Same. He got on the phone with me and says, "Hey, did you hear what Tess said?" I said, "Yeah." So how do you feel about that? I mean, he's just talking about his ass. I'm telling him that. Mm-hmm. I said, nah, blood. He was, I'm going to fuck that dude up. I'm going to fuck him up. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. You don't know how many people. And then, like, he done told the outlaws. Oh, man. <laughs> he fucking told the outlaws that they was going to murk task in, in the coming week or whatever. Like, fuck. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Blew up quick. And I dude, why did you just... Can we... We can't... We, why did you do that before we could even say we worked it out whatever Task feel, tries to defend himself whatever and I'm with Task I don't, I don't think he was he was talking about, I think he was talking about his ass I don't right. think he m- need nothing by it we always jar jokes at each other anyway right. I didn't know that Mikhail was going to take it like that I, uh, uh, whatever boom 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 he done told everybody whatever end of group just like that. Yeah. And then like, boom. Yeah. It was like yeah. one conversation out of the blue. God damn. It's an interesting one. Just yeah. sharp. It was just, it went left right away. You couldn't see it coming. You couldn't mm-hmm. see it coming. Everybody was already, everybody understood that there are going to be comments flowing or whatever. We can't take shit personal or whatever. It's just an ego thing. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> so that <laughs> I think what's interesting about it is that okay, so that just kind of happened, uh-huh. but that's not the end of Digital Martyrs. It's not Fuck the no. end of Task yeah. One. It's not the end of okay. Mad Flows or Mikhail or anything. No, Everybody not at all. goes on to keep doing stuff, and so I wanted to kind of go ahead. Um, <laughs> Before we address the task thing, okay, um, it partly kind of becomes martyr men. 
Uh, yes. So, so is that like a new evolution of Digital uh, Martyrs? Uh, so to uh, reflect the growth of the group. Yes and yes, so to speak. So you know, after that they had Mad, Mad One, right? Uh huh. And then shortly after that, mm-hmm. Flows moved to Germany. Right. No project, no record, no nothing, whatever. This puts Task One in a loop, whatever. He just starts doing this team backpack thing. Uh, we're still talking. And then I said, go do your thing, bro. I fucking support you. Boom, boom, boom. It's nothing, whatever. And then on our side, it was... We actually gained... One, two, three, four. It was me and Scotty and Uppercuts upper after that, uh, in the beginning. Then we got another DJ producer named Rod Rock. Um, we got another person who came out the pen, which was like a family friend, whatever. He started making records with us. We got Uptown Sweet that came with us. Yeah. And then we had Mikael. And we started doing shows together. It was very short-lived. But it was still... It was it was heavy. We put our most of our material around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2014, they made it a must to do two releases a month. I dedicated myself to two releases a month of everything that we were recording. I gained... So- so albums, not songs? Or? Just songs. songs. Just songs. Nobody's performing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking to each other. So I got all this fucking material. I'm going to fucking just push it out, pull it out, whatever. And I think the back of my mind subconsciously says, I'm going to do this because I want the group back together again. I, I, can, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> definitely relate. So I do it. I do it. We get... I, I made it a must so that I was working with this... Uh, undercover PR person whatever she was helping me with doing some things whatever we pushing my music out every release that I was uh, that I vowed to do is going to have a blog entry every release I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it I'm not gonna be I'm not fucking around mm-hmm. because of that we got on non rights we got on DJ booth we got on two dope boys uh, a couple of times we got on a lot of these other uh, blogs whatever mm-hmm. not only that but on the New Zealand Polynesian scene we had a number one record in New Zealand on the radio. That's tight. Right. That's awesome. It's just fucking weird, okay? <laughs> so is all this, uh, all this, you're putting this out, um, well, to the new lineup, essentially. Yes. Updated lineup is kind of uh, reflected upon in this material. Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, I do a couple of vi- visuals, whatever. Me and Scotty fell out. Um... Uh, that's that was history. That's I think that's what it is. But in the last, for 2013, 2014, the the most traffic I've ever seen for digital martyrs. Mm-hmm. The most. I start producing for a lot of people. Yeah. I get to Chino Excel's name. I get to. I'm a, I get to Lupe's name. I'm doing something with Lupe. I'm doing something with Schoolboy Q. I'm doing yeah. something. With, I I have a whole. I got a list of a dream album. And uh, I got forty five. No, I got. I got most of their verses. Hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of. I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, just because of the other MCs fell out, whatever. I, I was still grinding. I was still pushing the brand. I was still pushing the group, whatever. As a result, I got a shitload of plays. I think. I, is that is that around when you got involved with the beat rock music thing or? No, I've always been in and out with them. Okay. So, How did that? Yeah, oh, how did that sort of bam bamboo? 
mm-hmm. uh, was the one who facilitated our my relationship with B-Rock. Mm-hmm. So he just hit you up one day, or you, how do you guys mm-hmm. know we, each other? We met in Hawaii in 2009. Mm-hmm. I made Old Man Raps and Remember Me at the same time. Mm-hmm. So those two tracks, I made like within a, f- a few seconds of each other. Mm-hmm. So I bumped out Remember Me and I bumped out Old Man Raps I said, okay, this is some new shit. I like this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously you know what that, what, what happened then. Um, and then Old Man Raps was the the breakout single for Bamboo mm-hmm. because he applied this $15,000 fucking visual and it's fucking epic as fuck. Mm-hmm. And everybody, every Filipino that looks like me is paying attention. And... Mm-hmm. They gave him a gold record. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They gave. Paper yeah, I remember that, that was uh, getting a good amount of attention. I feel like even like Slug was from Brimesters was tweeting about that or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah. Saying like, check out this kid, you know. So. Yeah. I do the yeah. the Digital Mars remix album. I took all of their artists, got their acapellas, remixed the fuck out of them. Right. So you have an entire just a fourteen or fifteen tracks that you remixed all of them. Yes, I actually remixed. 42 tracks. Oh, no kidding. 16 made it. Hmm. And, uh... It's crazy. You do a lot of dope remixes. Yeah. It's one thing I've been, like, <laughs> trying to do. I, a lot of producers uh, that I respect do have done a lot of remixes, and yeah. I, it's just something I've never really done too many. Mm-hmm. You know? Be uh-huh. it for people I know or just, you know, artists I look up to or whatever. It's mm. songs I like. I don't know. Just never really been yeah. a... Uh, th- uh, do, you, do you do the remixes regularly or is it just kind of a every once in a while it's something you know it comes up and you decide I'm going to do a batch of this stuff or most oh, here's my secret okay <laughs> <laughs> most of my original production comes out of remixes so I was going to say I found it pretty interesting um, okay with the with the understudy stuff that you've done beats for it's kind of been a who knows what will happen here's some beats that I think yes. could be cool for understudies and then um, you know whatever happened happened with the crew stuff because it's never really too predictable right, um, right now but with when you've done solo stuff uh-huh. for cats from our crew you've got tracks for Poe and G um, I noticed both times that you turn in multiple different mixes <laughs> yeah I do of the same one yeah and it's super tight to me. It's just like, <laughs> like above and, you know, most people are just like, ah, oh, I just gotta, you know, I'm just gotta whip this out. I'm gonna do it how I do it. There's, you know, the way that I see it is the way that it is. And it's just like, I don't know, you always seem to have all different angles to, to come at things. I only do that for a few. Putting all of my cards on the table, I only do that for a few people. I think understudies and the entities around that. I, I'm happy to do that. I'm more than happy to do that. With Bam and B-Rock, same thing. I have the same kind of rapport with them. I'm more than happy to do that. Um, if I... I, Whoever I'm trying to support, or whoever who's with me, who's been with me since the beginning, those are the people that are going to get my, uh, my attention. Those are the people that I have no qualms about pushing their brand. Uh, I've always been that way. I've always been anybody who supported me because he didn't have to support me. Mm-hmm. He didn't fucking have to he didn't have to fucking push me. 
in this direction and give me some of your fans. You didn't have to do that. So anybody who I were messed with, I want to go over and beyond with. So and uh, I I wanted to do that with Task. I don't want to do it with Mad. I, I I currently do that with Mikael. I currently do that with Uptown. Um, so let's say with the stuff you're working on with like Uptown right now. Yeah. Um, do you just have like a vision that comes out of the original beat? And then the words are added, and it's kind of done from there. Or do you have like all sorts of different versions of songs that you've been working on? It's like one thing that kind of like blew my mind um, when Poe and I got to work with Juan Alderetti. He's a bass player. Yeah. Um, this idea that he kind of instilled in me is that like I felt kind of like ah, oh, this stuff has to be done this one way. Yeah. Or else it's not going to be right. And you know what I mean? The right. people that I'm trying to reach aren't going to feel... And like he instilled this idea in me that, like, yo, there is no correct way. Uh-huh. And the way that you think about this track right now, you might wake up in the morning and listen to mm-hmm. part of it and hear something that you totally didn't hear before or right. hear something in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Um, or that the, You know? Mm-hmm. There's, like, many, many ways that this anything can happen. And there's, yeah, and there's, there's no, there's like no rules in music really, aside from things being, you know, out of key. Someone was telling me that I should follow these set rules. These, the set standard of production. It was a fellow producer. I won't say his name. (laughs) (laughs) But he questioned my intent to remix everybody. Because I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make a fucking statement. So yeah, admittedly I am. Um, but these but that you're constantly growing, or that you could always do something "quote unquote" better, or yeah, he's 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 yeah, he's alluding to that. He's alluding to that uh, you're trying to prove something, and I, that's two. There's two folks to that. I can confirm that yes, but the people that I do it for are my folks anyway. You know what I'm saying? They're I'm not. I've charged four hundred dollars once for a remix, and he was happy to pay for it, whatever. Uh-huh. And that's the side of uh, because and the only reason why I charged four hundred dollars for a remix is because his verse sucked, <laughs> 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 and he was yeah. he had a shady business ethic. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah. blah. Um, I don't think he was going to push me. Lo and behold, he uh, we released it. He didn't push me. He didn't he didn't even put me on the credits. So yeah. I got my money. So, okay. so. I go fuck it. Yeah. Um, these entities like Understudies entities like Mikael and entities like all the whole Polynesian, Polynesian scene that Uptown Sweet had uh, um, exposed me to um, well there's 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 few Polynesian artists that I would do for um, it's a no brainer that I would go over and beyond it's mm-hmm. a no brainer um, remix it. and there was no there was no malintent for me to say to remix and usually it's the case where they got an old sip of digital Mars to say hey I, I just wrapped over this whatever right so what the fuck that's <laughs> happened with us a couple of times <laughs> this yeah. is this fucking beat sucks ass <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's, and, and, and I think the 20% of my remixes are remixes of myself <laughs> <laughs> so nice. yeah um yeah but the stuff with me in Uptown uh all original so um, it's gonna be a little different this time around. So what about like your so like your process? Uh huh. Um, 
what's like an average studio session or like creation of a song? How does it how does it kind of go down? Um, I'm currently with what you know you're doing. I make the core part of the instrumental between eight and two hours, eight minutes and two hours. And, and then this, you it, send it off, or I, people come through and write in the spot. Um, all of the above. I would send it off. People uptown, Mikhail. Uptown writes, but he writes in five ten minutes. Mikhail never writes at all. That's <laughs> <laughs> the other thing with like Poe is one of those really quick writers too. Yeah. You know, it's like if I decide I'm gonna do a rap thing, it might it, it could take me forever. Right. On a rap song, yeah. and Poe come over I will make the beat in that 45 minutes while I'm putting the beat together he'll write an entire song it's like all the verses are like you know just like that's amazing that's amazing like how how do you do that but I've noticed actually though that um when it's all getting like when the people are there in the studio and everyone's kind of creating and it's building up at the same time there's like a special kind of like different energy that sometimes gets lost Mm -hmm. in the mix when you just all right, here's my part. Send it on the email. Right. Write your part. And, like, sometimes, like, record it at a different location. Yes. Yeah, that's terrible. I think that we all should have writing sessions together. I think the best part... I only had that maybe a handful of times. And most of my shit is just fucking emailed. It's tough to get a lot of grown people together on a regular basis in the same place at the same time, though. I find is, is... At least, you know, with the whole understudies, earpiece, candle spit, all that. Um, and then people like Mikhail who just fucking spit 16 bars out of nothing. It's hard. It says, okay, I'm done with my part. Go ahead and write. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. I hate this shit. He'll, it's, oh, just give me the beat. I'm fucking, I'm, just give me 16 bars. And it's every single session of the Mick, it was, it's like that. I hate it. There's no, there's no way that anybody catch up. All right, so okay, still kind of on production. Okay, I just have to say I fucking love the bullet ballad. Okay, with Planet Asia on there. Thank you. Uh, that beat is fucking bananas. <laughs> it's bananas. I love that shit. Like, if you really, like, watched me listening to it by myself, you know, I'm just, like, keep yeah. hitting repeat, just walking around my house. Oh, yeah. God damn, this shit goes hard. <laughs> Doing my dishes to the beat and stuff. Like, um, that shit's how did that come about? And um, where did where did the connection to Asia come from? Why did you choose to work with him? Uh-huh. Um, that beat took me... Five minutes to do. Yeah, it's a simple beat. And Chop I was like, whatever it is, but I I played it. It was the beginning of the song. The, the artist's name is Dazreen. I said, "Fuck!" I just looped the motherfucker. I said, "All right." Yeah. Sky wrote to it. Hella quick, I think he was like, "Boom!" And then the first version of the bullet ballad was him doing a sixteen and him doing a thirty-two. And a thirty-two is fucking bananas. And I had to cut that shit off because I wanted Planet Asia there. So you cut part of that oh, yeah. verse out. Yeah. I, I cut the whole verse out. <laughs> so so it's just him. It's, it's his original 16. Yes. And, and then there's the missing 32 somewhere in the archives. The, yeah. I, w- I, want to, I want to put it out one day, but on a different beat. And then Uptown and Planet Asia? So after that, um, 
we sent it to Planet Asia. Planet Asia says, okay, here. Um, what's on there? Yeah, what's on there now? <laughs> I thought he could have went better because it's just kind of the you know. Planet Asia style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mikhail, uh, they know each other, so he did he did the direct Dynasty thing, whatever. So he he got on the hook, whatever. And then the final piece was Uptown. Uptown came and said, "Hey, you want to get on this thing? Yeah, fucking kills everybody." On the fucking track. I thought so. I thought yeah. Uptown first kill everybody. Uh. Yo, black belt, I'm so cold Third degree burns with my third degree flow So, get to play my folks, so Lift it like I smoke those Light them up and cash them out the bay is where I roll those Wrote those notes, toe-tacking, slow pokes So we got spit around me, turning rappers into no-shows Certified beats, make producers go home That slow flow, but have you think I live my life in slow mode? Trying to reach my ozone, I know you couldn't do it I'm supposed to be this high, I hustle dope music My team is so alive, the death ain't even close to them Scared to approach, I stare at the toast like you won't do it Moving like a giant in my San Francisco fitted Y'all be on some small talk, I'm so big I don't hear nah. Trunk rattling, the block knows I'm back again Haters hella mad at them, cameras always snapping them Police is always after them, but can't succeed in catching them Standing in my shoes, you won't believe the tracks that I had left Chase a legacy beyond whatever destiny was placed upon my soul I know there's more than what was meant for me Out for everything, reconstruct the recipe First ingredient is knowing what it means to never eat Mix some memories and analyze what's ahead of me And set the heat behind the feet of good to all my enemies Upper echelon rap, bestowed upon your eardrums For real niggas still in the slums The tenements of niggas killing with the drugs From Durag Dynasty to them bullets, this bruh Upper echelon rap, bestowed upon your eardrums For real niggas still in the slums The tenements of niggas killing with the drugs From Durag Dynasty to them bullets, bruh Bullet balladry blaze, the four alarm sound rang Just like a British immigrant scream without the musket Pacific cannibal taste, the devil flesh on my tongue And I'm biting they face, the blood drip the bucket Hoodie for Trayvon, rifle in the air like a Chicago New Year Fred Hampton style, get my spray the day gone But the war fist the soldier holding And remolded to regurgitate my speech like molten Rebels and Moses, the Vulcan raven dumping open Words as wide as the 
Grand Canyon with light showing. My clip golden, katana on my hip like Shogun. One chosen, I'll leave your vital organs frozen. Stole it a soul to the heavy bitter, the one hitter. Town to get on they head like Grandma Twan Fisher. Mafia, mafioso, rebel the legendary. Twin missiles split neighborhoods in the cemetery. This upper echelon rap, bestowed upon your eardrums. From real niggas still in the slums. The tenements of niggas killing with the drugs. From Durag Dynasty to them bullets, this that upper echelon rap, bestowed upon your eardrums. From there you have it. Still in the slums. The tenements of niggas. The bullet ballad. Digital Martyrs featuring Planet Asia. That concludes part one of our sit down with Off Balance. Stay tuned for part two. We get into the resurgence of the Martyr crew. We get into the whole task one thing. Check out studymusicgroup.com for tour dates, new music, videos, all sort of stuff. Check it out. We'll see you next time. Today's episode is also brought to you by Sonos. They got top quality sound for the whole house. Whether it's one room that you like to do your listening in, or every room as you're walking through handling your chores living your life they're gonna put top quality sound wherever you need it big or small they got single speaker systems or systems geared up for five to six rooms in your home so check out studymusicgroup.com podcast and follow the link to sonos at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.